man it captivated them they wanted to hang around it praise God that's that's like joining with your family and joining with people that you love to be around and a man that lifts your spirit and you lift theirs that's what church is all about. That's what the body is all about. We come with one cord, one mind, one spirit, and that's to worship the head. And so each one of us has joined here this morning. That's what we've come to do. Each one doing his part, bringing his part, and I mean, binding and uniting us together that the power of the Holy Ghost and the presence of God could just fall in this house and others that are not able to be here, we'd lift them up before the Lord that God would touch them and heal them. Praise God. There's something wrong with our body, amen, whenever one part hurts or got hurt, amen, and the rest of it doesn't respond to it. Try to see it mended and healed. But thank God, hallelujah, here this morning that we still have compassion and love and respect to one another, that we'll reach out and try to help one another, uplift one another. Are subject to, are subject to one another. Praise God. Anybody ever have any problem? I'm not asking for a response here. Anybody ever have any trouble with subjecting yourself to one another? Sometimes even to people you really love. They may have a request, a want, or they may not give you no options. <laughs> you either do this or, or, or the other. <laughs> And uh, you have to submit yourself or subject yourself, amen, to them and their desire, need, or situation. And uh, it's, it's not, and the writer, if you read your lesson, no, he mentioned that this is probably not one of the most uh, popular subjects and topics to preach about, to talk about. And uh, we get a lot more joy out of amen. And, and we, you know, uh, I, can I just be honest? We get more of a response. A lot of times, amen, when we hear or read about people that just overrules, and boy, boy, they just wouldn't let him run over him. He just. It's quite a different story whenever you're willing to take the fault, when you're willing to take the lost and take it with the right spirit, when you're willing to step back and say, I, I prefer. It's, it's, it's with true humbleness. It's true meekness. It's a power and authority that overrides everything else. And to be servants of the Lord, to be followers of Jesus Christ and follow the example we're going to study about this morning. Amen. Because it, it takes that right there to bear the cross. It takes that right there to endure the journey. Thought when Brother Ford made the statement about the life is not a bed of roses, but in a sense it is. What do you mean by that? You ever been thrown into a bed of roses? Well, there's a lot of sticky things in that bed of roses. <laughs> a lot of pain to come with it. A lot of pricking it can take away. <laughs> Hallelujah. So a bed of roses, sometimes you're just going to how you look at it. Just going to how you, you know, address that. And, and uh, Thank God there's with the Lord in our lives and with the Holy Ghost in our lives and with brothers and sisters and loved ones and friends and neighbors working together for we can make life a whole lot easier than what it would have been. Not more capable of able to handle it and to deal with it. Amen. And you know what? Taking on the challenge to deal with it. 
as a servant. You know, taking on saying, boy, this ain't going to be easy. You're right. But I'm going I'm to I'm make the best of it. I'm going to gird up under the load. I'm going to bear the cross. You're going to notice in our lesson today, in this lesson text, even this is kind of where it began with Jesus Christ. Just kind of the starting of the very beginning of this journey of his last days upon this earth and what he came to fulfill in 33 and a half years. He was a child that was born to die that you and I might live. To pay a debt nobody else could pay. To be a servant, not to be, not to be ministered unto, but to minister. Huh. The writer of the lesson in the lesson makes mention about and there's different opinions in this, and that's fine. There's, there's no big deal. But uh, uh, sometimes you may like to go to a place that you like to be served. And sometimes there's service, amen. You know, that service depends, you know, the tip really depends on the service, doesn't it? And not just being there, you know, they may feel the, the, your bottle of wine. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Your glass of water, how about that? Uh, right on time. But if they come up there with a, an attitude, you know, <laughs> man, they drank the most water I ever seen anybody drink. Good grace alive. <laughs> so as we talk about this lesson this morning, as much as being a servant, it's the it's the manner how we serve. It's the attitude or the spirit. Always falls right in with just what we really sung here. That's the reason we come. Because we enjoy being a servant of Jesus Christ. And even though sometimes that servanthood may call on crosses and journeys that we may not quite understand. But we got to walk them. And how we walk and how we conduct and how we respond means as much as the cross that we're bearing. How we handle that. Could that be the reason that David, amen, as he understood that's what made him such a great king. Whenever it came time for celebration, he didn't leave anybody out. At the end of the celebration, he would give to all from the least to the greatest. Joining with him and see worship with them. And that's what makes this Jesus Christ so awesome. The scriptures taught us in the New Testament, even in the epistles, that no isms and schisms in the bodies, no cliques, none's, none's no better than others. Some may have better talents at one thing than others, but yet we still need all. We need all to have the fullness of the body. And as we all work together, amen, for that one head, for that one purpose. We're all servants and a team together. Oh, they may be one that can shoot the ball better, one that maybe can outperform in one area than others, but yet we still need them all. Because there's going to come a time whenever that one can't show up, then who's going to take their place? Huh. Praise God. So, Subject, subject to one another.
focused thought because Jesus served others. We are called to serve one another. I, I'm gonna, there's gonna, I believe there's going to be some key golden nuggets said here this morning that, uh, that will really help us at all times. To help us to really identify a servant, a true servant. Okay? Uh, and if, if, if we allow this to be in our hearts, allow this to be in our spirit, allow this to be in our minds, and I'm not saying it's not by no means whatsoever, but, but there's just some little key things that's said here in this lesson this morning that's even helped me to realize, amen, that some areas that I can work on being a better servant for the Lord. Amen. For the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And having that, that servant's heart. You see, to have a servant's heart because, you know, let, let me say this. To serve sometimes to what to do and how to respond sometimes. Uh, a good servant will see things that need to be done before others will see it. Because of that servant's heart. That passion. Uh, the, and, and number two, if there is a need or if there's, there's something that needs to be dealt with, they never reach a point in place in their service with Jesus Christ, regardless of their positions, that nothing's never too small or too great. Our lesson brings that out a little bit. Never reach a place in, in your walk, in your spiritual walk with God that I don't have time for this. I don't have time. Not for a servant. Not with a servant's heart. That servant, when it sees something, it gets up and gets about it. Starts tending to it. Starts responding to it. Because the need may not be there long, and so you got to respond then, because 30 minutes later it may be called. So, as we watch this this morning, unfold First Peter's, Focus verse 5 and 5. We'll talk about these actually 1 through 6 leading up to that and through it. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elders, yea, and all of you be subject one to another. Notice what the writer says here. And he's an elder, liking himself unto an elder. And my studies and understanding of elder here actually is, 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 likens it unto bishops, huh, pastors. There's, there's some... There's a lot of us like to consider ourselves elders sometimes. And sometimes we, we take on that because of age, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's true. There's nothing like experience. But, but when you really, if you do any studying on this, this is what he's talking about. But he's going to lead from this because he's also helping to instruct younger ministers. That's what he's talking about here. But he doesn't leave it at that. Because you're going to notice as we read all the scriptures go all the way through. He likes that to all of us. As a servant. He says. Yea all of you be subject one to another. And be clothed with humility. Be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Notice that God resists the proud. Well, it's, I'll tell you what, it's, it's, a, it's a real balance act to have confidence, but not to be have pride. Most people's got confidence. You can tell when they walk in the room. <laughs> I got this little Benny Luther mentality. 
Some of you didn't smile or laugh. That's up to you. Uh, so, like I said, it's not an easy balance act. Have confidence in God and confidence in your call and confidence in your service, but still keep and be clothed with humility. Humbleness. To be low. We're going to deal with some of these questions or some of these topics here today of the help of the Lord to help us to do that. I'm going I'm to give you a quote here. It's not in your, in your lesson, but I'm going to give it to you. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. Okay? It's not thinking of yourself that, you know, that you're no good and you're not qualified or all this other stuff and so focused on self. And that can be the other way. But, but it's really just simply getting to the place that you just think of yourself less. And if you think of yourself less, then what are you thinking? You have to start thinking about others and the Lord. And when you start thinking about others and their needs and situations, that's what opens the door. Servanthood. Becoming that servant. As you see the need for others. The lesson, it talked about it in the cultural connection. I'm not going to read all that. All that's always just kind of disheartening to me. When you read about the situation with children and the millions of children that's abused in one form or another and, and uh, forsaken. To, and, 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 and he goes on, he talks about it. There's, there's really not even enough workers to cover all of them. But he, but he brings it down to an area. But what about neighbors? What about neighbors? And you know what? That's not an easy task. Again, let me say this. Uh, if you get involved in things like that, in fact, our law has finally reached a place because of neighbors and it wasn't dealt with. They finally got in a place that if it's mentioned to certain people in certain positions, they don't have no, no, no uh, uh, option except re, uh, make a known to the law and you get the law involved and DS involved and different ones. And hey, it, 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 can, become a, it can become a real mess quick. People wind up in jail and, and things of this nature. Uh, so it, again... It's, it's not one of those easy things. And so he, he talks about that. He said, but if neighbors get involved. I, don't, I can't tell you how many times I've had people to say, well, I don't know why you give them money and I don't know why you help them. And why. I said, for the children's sake, not for them. For the children. So that's why we do it. Because they, they, they need electricity. They need some food to eat. And uh, so we're going to help them of it what some wants that's I understand and uh, I'd love to tell you that situation get better but it's not is it? it's not it's got worse but that doesn't exempt you and I from trying to do our part in, in that part of trying to help trying to serve trying to you know be a blessing to somebody and uh, so just let me kind of just kick off into this I, I got a lot I want to try to cover and uh, we know here that he, he starts out in contemplating the topic. He said the New Testament calls believers to a life of what? It's a life of service. It really is. There's no place that you finally retire from it. <laughs> There's no place that you finally reach a position that you're exempt from it. 
if, if you watch even your, your political realms, when they really think of it, they're servants unto all of the other nation. Uh, that's what they've been voted in to do, was to serve and to, uh, you know, make decisions and uh, pass laws and things of that for what? For the text and the serving of the people, what's best for the nation. Uh, that's, that's the whole, that was the purpose of this because that's what it's all about. So you and I as a church, we've been placed in this community, amen, to be a light, to be a, a doorway, to be a help to others and a light to others, to, to lead them to none other but Jesus Christ. And so we're going to study here this morning and see the best way that you and I can do, do that, amen, is being a servant, being a servant unto the Lord and doing it. Remember this. All that you do, no matter how small or great, do it as unto the Lord. Because you are. It's not necessarily for the individual, but you do it as unto the Lord. Amen. As a, as a servant of His, because of what He's done for us, we, we respond by doing for others. And that's, that's what this servitude is all about. Matthew 20. Uh, this is a setting, and, and I'm going to just talk about it a little bit. We know it. It's a time of the mother of James and John. Before we jump on her too much, though, <laughs> we also need to remember at the end, of, it wasn't just a few days from, from all of this, she is one of the three or four that's there a distance, but yet she's one that's there at the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Okay. I do believe that when she's making this request for her sons, her motive, her intent was, and I, I believe you need to look at that sometimes, is the reason why you want that position. How many of you ever said, boy, I don't want that position. It don't pay enough. It don't care how much it comes with it. So, so, a lot of these, a man that takes on board of supervisors, sheriffs, governors, presidents, it's for a lot of them, it's not about the money. But they want to serve, and they want to serve a man to their ability and, and their insight of passing things and doing. And so, what's this? That's how important it is for you and I. As, as born again Christians, serving the kingdom of God, regardless if we hold a so-called position or not, number one, let's be in this, that we're in it for the long haul. We're in it for the finishing of the journey. And so even when she makes the request for her two sons, James and John, she says, hey, I'm in it and they're in this until the journey's in. Because we believe there's going to be a kingdom. Now some like insist that she was referring to the millennium kingdom. Maybe so, I don't know. She may have thought how much revelation, insight she may have had. But she knew that his kingdom was coming and wanted to be a part of that kingdom. Whatever measure that may have been. Whatever it was going to cost. But you're going to notice something here. Let's just deal with this a little bit. <laughs> uh, maybe I'm jumping. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'll wait a little while and, and we'll come back and try to do some of that. He goes from that and he begins to talk about because in this same setting we're going to notice that in the 27th verse is the key verse, amen, out of this setting that took place. And I'm going to come back and talk about this a little bit more later. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. So to be chief, to be top dog, be the one calling the shots, you got to be a servant. 
Now, if you, if you do a little study on that in the Greek, that actually means to be a slave. That means to be owned. I mean, we're living in a generation, that word slave, you can't even hardly say that word anymore without people getting off. Well, guess what? Everybody's a slave. You're a slave to something. Light or darkness, you're a slave to something. You're a slave either to the Holy Ghost or to spirits of pride and arrogance. And you're giving yourself. So, so you know, some of this stuff that people get so worked over up, that just shows them again. Well, you're a slave to that. You sold yourself out to that. But thank God, hallelujah, for the Holy Ghost and for the liberty of the Lord that can help us. And uh, so as, as you watch what he talks about here, so this was the ultimate model. Uh, Jesus Christ is the ultimate model uh, of this topic here today. Amen. As a servant. Amen. He makes it clear how that he did not. He come a man. Amen. To be what? As it finishes up, watch this. Even as the Son of God came not to what? To minister unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for, what's this? The Bible didn't say for all, did it? It said for many. It wasn't that it's not for all, but all is not going to accept his sacrifice. And his servanthood. But for those that are willing to take on this cross. The call. The election. The chosen part. It's going to make the difference. Amen. We'll get to this a little later. But you'll notice he also mentions out about the. How to the secure eternal salvation for all of humanity. Apostle Paul, as he referred even to himself and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ. So when you look at this word servant, which means slave, that means you become a, an exclusive property of somebody's. Have you ever looked at yourself and said, you know, I belong. Somebody, somebody owns me. Well, that, does that thrill you? I'm not with y'all, y'all not with me. I don't know which one it is. <laughs> I'll tell you what I am going to do. I'm going to dig with some spirits here this morning. I can already tell it. It'll take them long to show up. <laughs> How many would really rejoice in saying, but, but, but you own me. I, I'm your property. What's the Bible say about us? That we've been... If you bought that truck, who does it belong to? Who has the, the, the right, if, for instance, you know, I, that's what I tell people, you know, if, uh, if you want to go mud riding, you know, I don't have no problem. You go buy your an acre or two, buy your truck, mud ride all you want to. I don't care if you, you know, put 100,000 miles on it. I don't care if you got ruts that deep in it. Just don't do it on my property and not using my truck. <laughs> Woo, praise God. So, same way with this. He bought us with the ultimate price at the cross as a servant. So we don't belong to ourselves any longer. We belong to his call and to his service. And whatever journey he wants to send me down, that's his business. He's the master. He's the potter. I'm the clay. 
and to be the servant that he desires me to be, I've got to come to that place in my mind, spirit, attitude, and response. What comes down my way. That's a servant. And in that journey, regardless of the position that I hold, I've got to be willing to take on whatever it may come. Doesn't matter how low or how high. If it's right down from just picking up a piece of trash, we should do that. Take the time to. Yeah, we're going to reach a place. If, if you see something that needs to be done, tend to it. That's a servant's heart. Okay? We're living in a world today that wants to put that on everybody else. They see a lot of things that need to be done, and they say, Babe, they ought to be doing this, and they ought to be doing that, and they ought to be doing that. What are you doing? So, don't mean to be, <laughs> Whew, praise God. You know, the writer brings out again, I'm still on the, contemplating the topic. He says in Acts 16 to 7, talks about uh, a man, the little damsel that was demon-possessed, a little girl that recognized that the Christians are what? Servants of the Most High God. We are servants of the Most High God. Now, we would rather be called, what would you rather be called? A servant or a saint? We like the term saint a whole lot better, don't we? <laughs> saint means holy, separated. You know, that kind of picks it up, makes it feel a little better. I almost feel good about this regardless of how you look at me and your expressions. <laughs> Praise God. We'd much rather be called saints, I mean, because that kind of elevates us. That puts us up a little bit more in the opinions and eyes of men. Their thoughts about us. Well, I, I don't care about, most of the time when we make the statement, I really don't care what people think about me. We're doing something that nobody likes when we use that term. It's not servanthood. Most of the time we're being rebellious and we're doing, we're going right the opposite of what we ought to be doing. <laughs> but a true servant always is concerned, amen, at least to, uh, at least to the Lord. <laughs> amen. God, I want to be the servant that you want me to be. And so to be that servant, it's got to start in here. It's got to start where it actually initiates, where it's the seed, amen, where it begins. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Amen. Why wouldn't I want to bake a cake or, or whatever it might be, you know, go mow somebody's yard or, 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 or cut some wood for somebody or, you know, and, and don't even let I don't even want nobody know about it. I'm just going to do it and it's going to be done. And you know what, Lord, you see it. And that's what it's all about. Uh, about, you know, the record. I'm going to tell you something. God's really worked on me this past year about honor and man's honor and God's honor. We don't need, I mean, I mean, it's good to show honor and all this. And, and I told somebody in the hardware store this week, hey amen, some statements are made about, you know, titles and this and all the other and I said, yeah, I know it. I said, I understand that. I said, it don't really bother me. And I answered the phone, William. And they, uh, I said, because you got to remember the three top men that we know of the Bible. We refer to them as Jesus, Paul, and Peter. Don't put nothing ahead of their names. I'm not trying to tear that down. I'm just telling you that the spirit that we're battling with today <laughs> Servanthood really wants the title more, more than the servanthood responsibility. 
but to attain the titles and to be what God wants us to be, first we've got to get a hold of that servant's heart and attitude and spirit. Amen. And the key to that, I'm going to repeat this a lot today, is never reaching the point and the place in my walk with God that there's never anything that God would want me to do or what I see that needs to be done that I would not be willing to do it. Regardless of where it's at on the totem pole. That's a servant's heart. Or that's your pastor's idea of a servant heart. If it's wrong, well, forgive me. Because why? 2 Timothy 2 and 12. And he likens unto Isaiah 52 and 53. Lord knows I don't have the time to go through all that. Uh, my goodness. But as he showed the suffering part because, again, we see as a servant or as a slave. You know, Paul referred to himself. What, what else did Paul refer himself to a lot of times? A, a follower of Jesus Christ. A prisoner. A prisoner of the Lord. Now, these are not easy terms. These are not terms that we want to... <laughs> You know, but, but they're true. They're true. Writings of Timothy, the second Timothy 2 and 12, he says, if we suffer, we shall also what reign with him. So there's a certain amount of suffering. That's what I was talking about being thrown into that bed of roses. Hallelujah. It could be, but if you're thrown into it, there's a lot of poking. And, uh, man, it could, be, it could be very painful, and life is. But, um, but thank God he's here to help us along this journey. When you go and you're going to begin to see, he begins to talk about Jesus took on him the role of servant. And he begins to help us to be enlightened a little bit about this service. Even his miracles were acts of service and how true that is. Um, he, he talks about the wine being turned, amen, or water being turned into wine in John 2, 1 through 11. And even there, you know, he's, he, he actually kind of responds to his mother. And it's not my time. It's not my hour. She just turns to this servant to say, hey, whatever he tells you to do, you go do it. And, and so then he turns to him. And you know the story how that he, the pots that he referred to him was a pot they use a man to wash their feet. So watch this. Now, this is the heart of the message when we get to it. I'm going to spend a little time. But, but notice a man's. I want you to notice some things. Some, uh, what was a, a servant's responsibility was when the guests came on those dusty roads and all with open sandals and type of sandals and shoes they had, their feet would be very, very dirty. Anybody ever try to wash a little two-year-old's feet after they've been out barefooted all day? <laughs> Man, how in the world did that grind turn them? You know, the, bottom, the top may not be too bad, but when you turn that dude up, <laughs> woo, what are we going to do with this? And you get Clorox and nah. <laughs> but you really need something to cut the grime. Am I right? I mean, you just don't, you know, you just can't take the foot and run it through the water and say, that's good enough. <laughs> no, you got to get a washcloth and soap. They're kicking it. Ah! And so, you know, I don't know just how bad it was, but that's a service job. That's what their responsibility was. And, and so they done had enough, amen, that apparently they done used all the water of all the pots they had because he tells them to go fill them up to the brim. And anyway, that's the pots he uses as they had used them to wash feet. And remember, now this is the slave's job. This is the slave's job to do this. Okay. And um, so they would took care of that and washed them, 
all that good stuff. And then he begins to talk about other areas, amen, from calming storms to providing meals and, and the miracles and different things that Jesus Christ, amen, performed for them. And so this helps us even as a church. As believers and followers of Jesus Christ, we still believe in miracles, don't we? We still believe that, amen, whenever we don't have another resources, we still pray. We try to do that even prior to that. Amen. But, but uh, so you and I become a service unto our community. That's a reason when we get requests, it doesn't matter if any if they go to this church or not. Amen. In fact, they don't have to be of this community. They can be from another state. But because we are servants, amen, of the Lord and have access unto him for to change this situation, to turn this dilemma around. We pray. We, we act as servants. Amen. And sometimes that servanthood may be a bearing cross and pushing meals back and, and spending a little more time in prayer instead of going doing this. No, I got a burden on my heart here. I got a situation. At sometimes if you watch it close, that's the reason the Spirit of God back groanings and moanings and people has been moved upon at times and didn't know, really know what was going on, but they knew that there was a spirit of prayer that got a hold of them and they was interceding for somebody and they may hear it may be a week or two weeks or a month down the road that somebody they knew was in a situation on the other side of the world but God moved upon that as a service amen to the rest of the body amen and we love to hear these type of stories and we love to get involved in them but you know what we can't just forget about that because as, as we see what Jesus amen providing for the 5,000 amen defeat them don't underestimate amen when you buy a meal for somebody hallelujah you see them hungry or, or destitute and they're struggling you know what it do us all good is Anybody ever went by a McDonald's or Burger King and you seen somebody out there, amen, in the trash can? How many has ever went inside and said, hey, I want to buy a meal for that person out there. Bring them in. We're not careful. The wrong spirit. We begin to judge them. We can say all kind of things about them. And, Boy, if they wasn't doing this, if they hadn't done Oh, we can just show compassion and mercy and don't have to know one of that and say, you know what? I'm just going to buy them a meal. I, I'm going to leave the money here. Here's a, that's the most expensive meal you got. Here's enough money to cover it. Got to tell them, come in and order whatever they want. That's, that's just a small ways of, of demonstrating uh, of the love of God. They don't have to know who it was. You could just tell them, hey, it was just an act, a kind act of the Lord. God's been good to me. I want to be good to somebody. And leave it just like that. You, if you don't mind, put that on it. Here's the reason why. Maybe that individual may have just prayed, I wish somebody would buy me a meal. Now, let me ask you something. If you went in and bought it and don't tell nobody or, don't, or put this in it, I ain't talking about your name, but use the Lord's name. <laughs> because what's this? What if somebody else went in and said, hey, I'm going to buy this person a meal. Tell them Buddha bought it for them. Well, it changed the story, doesn't it? Well, I just thought I'd throw it out there. Just give you a little idea <laughs> how we can serve. <laughs> how to be a servant. How to, how to help people. Amen. In the name of the Lord. So when they come in and say, hey, look, somebody bought you a meal and they've done it, you know, just in the, in the name of the Lord. Just show you a little kindness, a little mercy. And you, you never know. That individual, I'm going to tell you something. Let me put it this way. If the Holy Ghost prompts you about it, and come on, let's don't put too much on that. <laughs> Praise God. Because, you know, sometimes the Holy Ghost will bless what you decide to do. He'll show you favor with it. Because you never know that person may have just prayed. And if they walk in there and they tell them, say, come here, somebody just bought this in the name of the Lord for you. Just to show you his love, the Lord's love to you. 
it could be a turning point for that individual right there. And that's what service is all about. Serving, serving, serving. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I find, kind of find this kind of odd. But uh, anyway, I was coming up early to pray. And, and as I pulled in, I, I, there's a guy that was on, talking about news. Anyway, he's talking about this guy. And I, I don't even know the guy's name. But somewhere in Virginia or somewhere. So anyway, this billionaire had started something about tips. Giving tips. High dollar tips. And, and so this particular guy that owned some place and had some businesses anyway, uh, he kind of picked it up. And so he went into this small little restaurant. And this little lady, a man that had waited on them. And so anyway, he gave her a tip. I think it was either five dollars or $6,000. I mean, she couldn't believe it. She got the thing, got to count the zeros. And she thought that was a mistake. But, but anyway, that's what it's a part. And so the guy kind of put, his, put it back to the, the billionaire amen up there and said, hey, it's your turn now. <laughs> I gave one, I forgot, he's five or $6,000 tip uh, uh, to this individual. And then again, this week, this week, somebody was in the hardware store. I could give you his name if you don't believe me after service. I'll tell you who it was. But, but he, 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 he done maybe just a little different. But anyway, he said there was a waiter there and they was, she was at the point. She was waiting on them, but she was at the point of closing. And he heard heard her make some statements about she needed something for her one of her little babies and she didn't have the money she didn't have the resources she didn't really know what to do about it and and so uh, he made sure that there was enough in a brown bag and uh he said i gave her that brown bag he said hey you just can you trust me she says uh yeah, she, yeah i think i can i think i can she said he said okay he said uh just take what's in that brown bag and said pay my bill and whatever's left you got it okay she said, all right. Said, I, I, I think I will. And so sure enough, and it was more than enough because he didn't heard what she needed. And so he put more than enough in the brown bag. Of course, he kind of checked, you know, checked her faith, you know, if you're going to believe this or not, or I'm going to be left holding paying for this bill. But she took it. And so he blessed her. Amen. So these are means of, of way. And I know it's more ways than just the, than money, uh, phone calls, things of this neighbor. So don't ever underestimate any of that. Uh, sometimes it could just be a kind smile and an encouragement. Man, our world is so full of discouragement and, and browbeating and things of that nature. You know, just to, just to smile at people, encourage people. And, and and even whenever they're, man, it's still a good day, man. Praise God. You know, you, you, you don't let that affect you. You try to affect them. And so this is all a part of service. He goes from that and begins to talk about uh, the washing his disciples' feet. And, and so, you know, as we watch this really begin to unfold what the Lord himself does. Notice, he does not lose his identity. Just because you and I humble ourselves to do some minute, small task that the least in the house could have done it. Remember now, it's the slave that was supposed to do this. Jesus does not lose his identity. You know why? Because he won that battle back in Matthew, the fourth chapter. If I be the Son of God. <laughs> it doesn't really matter what you think and what the devil thinks. It doesn't matter what the Jews think. It doesn't matter what everybody else thinks about me. I know who I am. And doing this small, minute task is not going to change who I am. Regardless of what position that I might hold. Praise God. Humbling or yielding ourselves to be 
doing something is not going to dirty us up or cause us to lose our identity as a Christian. God called. God's service. And that also includes in our local assembly. The little small things sometimes that could be overlooked. I'm going to do it. Anyway, let's go. Let's watch what he says here. Okay. Talks about in Luke 1 and 22. And here is the uh, talking about be great and shall be called the son of the highest. Now, this is the statement a man would know that's coming, talking about Jesus Christ, the Gabriel coming to Mary and talking about who he's going to be. The Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. And so her child, her child would be what? The king of kings. Amen. He will be sitting on what the writer says, the eternal throne. We know that. We understand that. But this child, amen. And this is one thing that really threw the Jews off. There were a lot of people off because of his, his manner, his conduct, his response, his willing to serve and such means and ways uh, uh, of accomplishing or achieving things and so this makes Jesus watch actions on this night even more astounding as the son of the highest prepared to wash the feet of the assembly guest a task usually required to the lowest slave so he goes on about that he says sometimes something a Gentile uh, sometimes a Gentile slave may require to do but not a Jewish slave while there may be some instances where the one Jew might perform this task for a superior uh oh here we go <laughs> if it's the right person now I'll do it for them if they hold the right position I mean you know they, they, they might can bless me down the road they might put in a good word for me. They've done a good job right here. You just, just, let's just ponder some of this. Let's, let's let it get a hold of us. Because I'm going to tell you something. The devil's doing everything he can to cause isms and schisms, hurt feelings, disgruntled attitude and spirits, divisions. In the church. Oh, I don't believe that. Okay. Let's go to Acts 6. What was the gripe over? Being served. My widows is not getting their fair share. Y'all not serving us right. Now there comes a time to watch this. The apostles did not ignore the request. They heard the request, said, hey, look now, we don't have the time to personally do all that and pray and study and prepare what we need to here. But I tell you what we'll do. You go pick you out. You go pick you out some men that's full of wisdom, full of faith, and full of the Holy Ghost. Now, they didn't just let them say, hey, these are one. Bring them to us. And with laying on of hands and with our approval... We'll put them as ministers. Make sure everybody's getting their fair share. Fair service. And recognition. So this, you know, this kind of deal, has, it's been around a long time all said and done. Because it's about service. It's about who's being served. It's about who's being placed. So, so it goes on and it talks about, he was what? Now watch this. 
while there may have been instances where one Jew, and I didn't talk about that, Jesus clearly was the highest ranking member of the group. He was their rabbi, their master. For him to watch their, their disciples' feet was what? Culturally unthinkable. Hey, this country's dealt with that spirit right there. Sure has. Sometimes we had the attitude and the spirit because of the color of our skin. Qualified or disqualified them. And that's wrong. Both ways. It shouldn't keep them from having positions, but it shouldn't, it ought not allow them to have them either if they're not qualified. That's a perfect balance. Praise God. Watch what he says in John 13 and 3. Jesus knows that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God. Jesus knew this. This didn't bother him. Now watch it. If you go back and read it, go back and read it. Jesus first took off his garments. And then... And wrapped himself with the towel. And we know and we understand the response of, of, of Peter. <laughs> when he got to him and going to wash his feet. Oh, no, you're washing my feet. <laughs> He's saying, he saying, oh, but if I don't get to wash them. Then he changed his mind. You wash everything. <laughs> That's not needful. That's not what this is about. But he's leaving them an example. He's not just telling them. He's leaving them an example to go by. Because as a writer even brings it out, you know, what's going off in their minds? What's, what's, if, if our master, if, 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 if the king is willing to humble himself to the lowest rank position that we know of, Now, what do we got to do? What's going to be expected of us? You know, it, it doesn't bother us a lot if we just hear people talk about it and they don't never do it. But it puts the pressure on when they start doing it. And then, you know, that can happen even in their own home. I'm going to get personal here without getting personal. How about that? I don't know, I don't know your, your personal home style, but let me, let me just give you an example. If, if a husband or wife, either one, and I'll leave it that way, uh, one of them is getting real hostile and real all the other, but the other one says, you know what? I'm going to become a servant. I'm fixing, I'm fixing to do something different. I'm gonna... And they really begin to humble themselves and just obey the Lord. You know, uh, the Scripture talks about things like this, that out of the manner of our conversation... What's he talking about? It's our attitude. Our response is a response to the house and the things that's going on in the house and the, the things that's transpiring or taking place of being that servant. I just wonder how many spirits could be conquered and defeated even in our own local home. Do you know why America's in the mess she's in today? It's because America's led Hollywood into their homes. And Hollywood promotes... Everything that destroys and divides and tears down. Any decent relationship. 
what we did, what we failed to recognize about 50 years ago was the spirits behind all of that. That began to lodge in hearts and minds and spirit that what things that I watch and how they responded, I can do it. I mean, they become heroes and we make gods out of them. Really? Yeah. When you start paying $40 million for a movie, for one character, I mean, come on, it, don't, it makes all the sense in the world when you start looking back at it. And whatever we give ourselves or bow ourselves to, that's what we become. Without realizing what spirit was coming in the homes to destroy. At one time, we was known to sit on the front porch and get our Bibles out and get the old hymnal songs out. We didn't listen to that old country music talking about Mary running off with Jack and he's in his blues and drinking... It didn't stop at that, man. It got a lot worse than that. Now we're in the place where I can remember the group called Kish that painted themselves up and looked like I don't know what. And look where we headed. But you know what? We haven't stopped. We haven't woke up. Now we bring them into our churches, dressed up, same style of music. Instead of turning and getting away, if we're just getting deeper, deeper. Those spirits are getting more, and the spirit of iniquity is working. I'm telling you, it's working. And it's having its effect on the apostolic church. Because you can't, you can't, that spirit out there, you can't, I'm telling you. Just like it affects Job, it affects the church. Being a servant. Let me get back on my topic. Being the servant. Being the servant that God wants us to be. Model humility and love. What, what is the key? I, I mentioned the identity. I, I, want to, I want to bring something else to your attention. Another quote. This one actually, and if you agree, we, anyway, Mother Teresa. Just let me say it. Mother Teresa. This is a quote from her. If you are humble, nothing will touch you. Neither praise nor disgrace. Because you know who you are. Wow, think about that one a little bit. If you're humble. Next time you start to blow your lid, think about it. Maybe I'm not as humble as I thought I was. Next time they bragging on you and your head's going. Maybe I wasn't as humble as I thought. It's a balance act, ladies and gentlemen. It really is. It's a balance. God, help us. Help us, help us, Lord. So we see here that the demonstration that Jesus Christ has given unto the disciples to lower himself to such a, a place, a man to be a servant and leave an example. And even, the, you know, he told, he told the apostle Peter whenever he kind of rebelled, he said, hey, you don't understand it now, but later on you will. You'll, you'll, you'll grasp a little better as time goes on, as things begin to unfold, the importance of what I'm trying to, to be a servant to one another, to be a help to one another. We've all probably have faced times in our lives if it had not been for the servanthood of the church or loved ones or friends and neighbors, we wouldn't have survived. But it was because they stepped up to the scene and they was willing to serve. 
Amen. It made it so much different and gave so much strength and energy and life and hope in that situation that you and I was able to overcome such a situation or time in our own lives. Everybody faces the seasons, amen, and they're all come in different types and forms and fashions, from spiritual health, financial, losing of loved ones, and you can just name it. But I tell you, it's nothing like a church that cares and sees the need, amen, and responds unto that as a servant. And they do it as a servant, amen, not for recognition, not to be this or that, but they do it as unto the Lord, as vessels of God, because of what we've received from Him. He goes on from that, we are the followers of his examples by just doing some of just what I just talked about. He says, perhaps the reason that Peter and his fellow disciples were so horrified by Jesus' actions is that it raised a very uncomfortable question. If washing the feet of the acceptable task of the master, what did that mean for his followers to be a servant? You know, a lot of times to be a servant, uh, you know, uh, sometimes you're called on to do tasks that you just really rather not do. But if you'll just take it on and be what the Lord would want you to be and humble yourself into it and let God do the work, amen, it can make all the difference in the world. Uh, can we say that they never struggled with positions? They ever struggled, amen, with dominion and places and being exalted. We see here when you go back, amen, to Matthew, the 20th chapter, 20 through 28, and the request of uh, the mother of the Zebedee's children that we know was James and John, that it, it affected even the disciples. They got a little upset at them after her request, amen, and they, could it be that they, all of them was already planning in their own minds, that ought to have been my position, that ought to be my place. And, and so the writer even talks about some of that as he goes on he says it is easy for present day believers to fall into the same trap we compare ourselves against others trying desperately to stay a step ahead we even we even may entertain the thoughts that certain tasks or roles are beneath us we become frustrated when others secure positions of prominence, especially if we feel saddled, amen, with less glamorous uh, responsibilities. We ask, why were they chosen instead of me? Why did they get that opportunity while I was passed over? I'd love to tell you that we're all just exempt from that. That never happens, but we all know better than that. We're prone to, amen, to judge ourselves among ourselves and, you know, and set our pace with one another. But really, that ought not be. Amen. Philippians writings, Paul's unto it, 1 through 8. And actually, the first few verses talks about the comforting of the Lord, the comfort of his love, the fellowship of his spirit, and the bowels of mercy. Time won't allow me. I'm not going to try to get into all of it. But he talks about, even the second verse talks about fulfilling the joy and like-minded and having the same love, being of one cord and one mind. Let nothing be done. Nothing. Nothing that you do for the church. Nothing you do for your local assembly or even your community. In fact, if this same servanthood and attitude and spirit would be before our nation amen it, that's what made this nation the nation it is today because people was willing to serve the nation they was willing to give their lives they was willing to give their last dollars they was willing to pay whatever price amen for the nation to be as great as it is and that's what one of the some of the termites of our nations falling in today we got too many amen is just content and satisfied amen just getting by don't want to do nothing for the nation in fact it's all about self it's all about selfishness I don't want to be a servant nobody else I just want to do it if you can't please me, if you can't pat my back, if you can't do what I don't have nothing to do with you. And, and so that's that self, you know, you know, even these selfies. I mean, I mean, it's just we've made ourselves a God, our own feelings and the pleasures and ideals. And hey man, if it doesn't, you know, if it don't content or make me happy, hey amen, I'm gonna let you know about it. 
That's where we at. But watch what he says here. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man to his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but what? But made himself of no reputation. He didn't go up and down the streets. He didn't do things, amen, in a manner and a way, amen, to just demonstrate or manifest that he could have been God. He could have. He could have even right up to the bearing of the cross. Amen. He made it clear to Peter and then put up your sword. He said, I could. I could call 12 legions of angels and they could come, amen, and fight this battle and it wouldn't be nothing but a slaughter. But then I wouldn't bear the cross and I wouldn't be the servant and then you and we couldn't have life that we know it today. But thank God he was willing to do that. So, so you know, to be a servant sometimes and have the servant's heart, amen, is bearing the cross. Hallelujah, that's not an easy cross. It's a cross, amen, it may call a lot of pain, a lot of sacrifice, a lot of time. That's the reason we take our ad off to people, amen, that takes out time for loved ones or friends or neighbors or maybe even a stranger. Maybe that's the reason we're taught in the Old Testament time after time, even the Israelites, as they was judged how they treated the widows, as they was judged how they treated the orphanage, amen, the fatherless, how they, they was judged how they treated the stranger. Could that be the reason the New Testament writer made it, brought it to our attention, that we better take heed how we treat strangers because we could be encountering what an angel. I'm telling you folks, hallelujah, this servant heart always showed up. You can't hide a servant's heart. It may be small, it may be great, but if we'll have a servant charter to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm telling you, amen, we're going to win this race because you're going to reach a place that really is not about me anyway. It's about Jesus Christ. It's about His kingdom. This church is really not about us. Amen. The size of the building, the land we own, all that really matters, the Savior, the name that's on that sign out there, introducing people to the Savior of the world, introducing people to the hope of the world, introducing people to the love of the world. Charity, charity suffereth wrong, ladies and gentlemen. Charity, amen, is not puffed up. Charity don't, charity don't think of itself, but always thinks of somebody else. It's like a mother's love. Amen. She never questions when she stays up all night. She don't complain and grumble like when she's got a sick baby. That's on the, amen, on the, on, the, on the verge of life and death and she has to stay up and nurse it and make sure, amen, that it's going to be alright. She don't grumble and gripe and complain and she don't get the attitude and the spirit. I wish I'd have never had this baby. Oh, come on. Let me preach to you a little bit. Hallelujah. The church, amen, that's who we are. God put us in this community and we got to face the devils and the circumstances, situations, but God with him in us. Who can be against us? If we just keep a servant chart, I'm telling you, amen, in 2020, we can have revival, we can have a move of God, we can see moves of the Holy Ghost, but you and I have got to have a servant chart, and that servant chart really starts within the house. You're never going to win the world out there unless it's in the house, but if we got a servant chart in the house or toward one another, it has a tendency to explode, it has a tendency to show up, and when it shows up, amen, they can be demonstrated to a love that you can't buy it. Hallelujah, you can't buy it out. Hallelujah, that's the reason Jesus wasn't hollering. Amen, amen, that's the reason he wasn't hollering. I mean, hallelujah, you couldn't buy Jesus because of the love that he had for the world. For God so loved the world. True servanthood comes from love. That's the reason some people's willing to take on task. They just simply love it. Amen. And so you and I, we just got to follow the same thing. Let me read this to you. I got it marked in, my Bible, in the, the lesson. When believers is motivated by love, submission and service to others no longer feels burdensome. 
And you don't reach a place that's so a burden to you. It's not a lot of regret to it. It, it takes care of all that mumbling and complaining. <laughs> Boy, this thing can talk to us, won't it? <laughs> you know, we're starting back tonight, I think. Fixing a little bit after service for a little fellowship, a little gathering together. And, and I know it can be a burden sometimes. You know, we don't know. It's one thing with just our family. They got families to go home to. And but what about those that don't have the family? What about that new you one that's here and it and had the Holy Ghost long and they need a place for just a fellowship with God loving, God caring people. To be setting in an atmosphere that's not full of malice and envy and strive and cussing and ranting and raving and Ah, oh, that ain't part of church. I beg the difference with you. Let me ask you something. You spend more time in church services or out in the world? Hmm. Well, we spend the majority of our time. So where are we going to impact the most? What we say about this church, what we say about the activities of this church, especially out there, can make all the difference in the world whether or not they're going to come. They walk in this place and they see you and I befriending one another, loving one another. That don't mean we agree with everything, but I'm going to tell you something. I check my Holy Ghost if I let just little bitty things, amen, always be standing between me. Little offenses. Amen. The scripture's got it right. Grace, peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Oh, we can all be driven away and we all probably have had times that we could have walked away. And, but I'm going to tell you something. When you walk away from this, you're not walking away from the church so much. You're walking away from God. Amen. And God's never done us wrong. He's always loved us. He's always cared for us. The Bible's made it clear. He's the one that supplies our every need. We live and move and have our being, amen, by His hand. Opportunity never come. We couldn't make it back tonight. It wasn't for the goodness and grace. So, you know, He's constantly serving us in the natural and also in the spiritual. And so the least I can do, amen, is try my best to be the best servant I can be to each one of you. Amen. To serve you and help you, encourage you, uplift you. But there's also times, amen, when we need to just stand in the pulpit. And you know what? The pulpit, amen, is to pull people out of darkness. To pull people out of pits, amen, of sin and unbelief. Hallelujah. False doctrines. Pull pits out. Of, amen. Pull them, amen, out of places uh, heading in the wrong direction. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you a lot of time, more cats, amen, when they want to go the other way they don't like to be rubbed the wrong way hallelujah but the only way to keep from being rubbed the wrong way is get turned around I'm glad today amen that we're in a place that we can get to we can get it right and not only get it right but we can keep it right as we serve one another and love one another and care for one another hey that's really what it's all about we don't need to be in anybody's business and personal business but on the other hand we're always concerned about where you're at where you're going and what you're doing amen what you're involved with what shoulders you're rubbing with because I'm telling you the spiritual world hallelujah is choking America by the neck and the only hope they got is the church it's not the White House it's the church it's the church amen of the living God that understands amen what service is really all about what amen willing to spend up all night spend their lives and do whatever they got to do hallelujah to touch somebody else and help somebody else and it's got to start right here 
That's the reason we appreciate you and so thankful unto you for your kindness and your giving. I know my time's about up. You can stand. I'll go through this latter part and bypass some, but go to 1 Peter, the fifth chapter. This is where the scripture text actually came from, the focus verse. Hallelujah, because it deals with a topic, a subject that for the most part we really don't like. I believe we all be honest here this morning. We really don't like submitting. Oh, we don't mind submitting if we like the person we're submitting to. Love the person we submit to. Don't mind submitting to them because we know they're going to think like we think, going to do it like we would do it. (laughs) Praise God. But it's a little different, but watch this. Amen. He says, the elders which are among you, I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the suffering of Christ. Also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed, that shall be revealed. Sometimes we, I have a feeling that, and I'm guilty of this, that thinking, you know, the reward's here, and there, there's some benefits. But the real reward is to come, the real glory is to come, the, the kingdom, amen, to what we're going to really enjoy is, is to come. It's not in this life, amen, as a servant, hallelujah, as a Lord, He told him, he said, you feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof. That taking the oversight thereof doesn't mean with with scorn and with hostility. I've never been a fan of of preachers that get in the pulpit and be little people. And, uh, you know, they may be so smart, you know. Hallelujah, they got all these whatever. And they, I mean, they just, they just intelligent. But to whenever you start using that and browbeating and belittling and casting down on people, hey, you're the wrong spirit. You're not a servant, amen. And in fact, if you're not careful, you're just, well, I'll just leave all that alone. But you know what I'm saying. Uh, he goes on from that and he says, not by constraint, but willingly. Not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. You know, to be ready to be prepared or eager. Hallelujah. To take it on and to, to run with it and make the best of it. And so he's talking, amen, if you can see here, basically he is talking to a pastor. He's talking to an overseer, a bishop, amen, and making these preparations. He says, neither being as lords over God's heritage, but, but, but well, to be an example to the flock. Uh, I've made mention of this several times. Uh, you know, you, I've heard people say, you know, some of the hardest people to preach to is a bunch of preachers. Some of the hardest people to get to come together and do things is preachers. And then we want our flock to do everything we want them to do and just say what they're supposed to say and go where they're supposed to go. And But then here we are. Amen. Can't even get along with one another. So anyway, but, but he doesn't leave it at all of that. He says, when the chief shepherd shall appear, he shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. And that's the crown we're looking for. That's the moment, that's the hour we're all pushing as servants of the Lord and vessels of God. We're looking for that moment time. But it doesn't leave everybody else out. Notice the fifth verse. Likewise, that means in like manner. Ye younger, submit yourselves, amen, unto the elders. That submit, amen, a lot of time, it means if nothing else, showing some respect. Hallelujah. I'm telling you what, the spirit of respect, amen. Amen, America don't even know anything about it anymore. Respect of offices and places and things of that 
nature and we don't they, they America didn't even realize it uh, slipped in the back door but look at the destruction it's bringing on America because see it's not just going to stop in the homes and it's not just going to stop here and there it affects us from the White House right on down to the house hey man it doesn't matter how small the house is how big the house is it don't matter if it's a state or county or community I'm telling you it's taking its effect hey man because America and a toll in one sense don't respect one another hey I remember a time and still to this day I've been married hey man for 42 years but I still don't walk in Mr. Ford and Miss Ford's house hey man I still walk up there and knock on the door before I ever enter that house and you make of it what you want to but mom and dad put a respect in us we didn't walk in one another's homes I and mean, after the door was shut when we knocked on it we waited we, we waited till we was asked to come in we didn't just barge in well hey baby well, maybe they are it's not none of your business Respect. Respect the elders. Respect that experience. It's about respect. This community here used to respect the house of God. And I'm talking about all of them, not just this one. Hey, I can remember a time as a young boy, we did those those doors was not locked at the Pine Grove Methodist Church. Ever. They finally reached a point whenever they started coming and getting this and getting that. They... Yea, all of you be subject one to another. Doesn't matter who you are, what position you hold. Subject. Submit. I owe it to you to show respect. I owe it to you. First time you ever walk in the building, I still owe it to you. Showing you respect, showing you kindness. In fact, it's a lot easier sometimes to show somebody you don't even know. The real test is when you get to know them and they cross you. That's where the test comes of the servant, a submitting yourself showing I'm going to tell you something you don't have to say it the expression on the face the, 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 the response I preacher you don't know what you're talking about okay I'm going to help y'all out a little bit okay that's so and so playing so and so singing oh! I'm going to tell you something. We need to get something shrill, straight, Bendel, Mississippi. We're singing and preaching for Jesus Christ and nobody else. That's who it's for. So when you walk in here, amen, I don't care who's preaching or who's singing, you got the responsibility to love and worship and contact Him. That's what it's about. Like the song or not, fast or slow, old or new. I don't like that preacher. <laughs> well, he probably don't like himself either, but <laughs> amen. So uh, it's really about the Lord. 
Now watch this. Why is all that so important? Because we're responsible to create an atmosphere for the hand of God and the Spirit of God to fall in this house regardless of all this other. That somebody can receive the Holy Ghost or a miracle or receive direction. And I'm going to tell you something. You and I that claim to be servants of God can grieve the Spirit of God before anybody else. I don't believe that, preacher. Well, the Bible says the Spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. That means he can, he can cut it off if he wants to. And if a prophet can cut the Spirit of prophecy off, you can shut the Holy Ghost down. I've had a bad day. That's what prayer rooms are for. I ain't being ugly. I'm just. I mean, the time we get, time we get here, it's if I can put it this way. I hate to put it. That, I can put it that way. It's church time. When we get here, it's church time. It's Holy Ghost time. I'm talking about being servants. That's all I'm talking. I'm talking about being servants. That's the reason we make our way through them prayer rooms. Take the time. I know sometimes you can't. I understand that. Jobs, whatever. I understand. Don't. But I wouldn't let it be a habit. Not when it's within my grasp that I can change it. And here's the thing. God knows. I may not know. God knows. God knows. And, and you know what? We're his servants. We're his we belong to him. His call, his service. We belong to him. Watch this. As servants, he gave one five, one two, and one one. Did he expect any more out of this one as he did this? Sure. He winded up with ten. But there's no doubt. Giving him five to start with. He had the talent, skills, and ability that God blessed him with to make the ten. He understood this one. And being just as happy with this and right here, taking the one and made the two. He'd have been just, he'd have scored a hundred just like this and scored a hundred. Let's just be who and what God wants us to be as his servants. Give it our best. You know what? It'd make it a lot easier for singers, for preachers, for everybody else. And the next thing is to find, uh, you know, I've had some say, why don't you sing? Because I can't. I told Brother Corey when Brother Ford said something about just listening to yourself, I said, I might be better off listening to you. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I understand that. So that's the reason I don't get up here and try to sing to you. Can't carry a tune in a five-gallon bucket. I should be like me about trying to come over here. <laughs> Y'all enjoy this? Y'all ain't getting in the spirit? What's the matter? Servants. Now what's this? The servants finding its place. But the only way that you and I are going to find that place 
You've got to get a servant's heart first. Servant's heart. God, help us. Help us. And I believe he is. God, you help us have servant's heart for the kingdom's sake. For the name's sake. For the gospel's sake. And watch this. If we, if we do that, the body and the community will be blessed as servants unto him. We may all be shocked just what all God might do when that happens. The three that had to get the, get the guy to him. You don't hear them grumbling, griping, you're the one front and you're behind the back. We don't even know which one come up with the idea of tearing the roof off. But they knew one thing, we got to get him to Jesus. As servants, we're going we're gonna to get, we're going to be together and we're going to do it. That's what it's all about. As servants. The Bible puts it this way. One water, one plant. God gives the increase. Watch this. As a servant, don't destroy your servants, what they've done. Because all of a sudden somebody says, well, so-and-so, well, you can't pay no attention to that. Well, you know how they are. Boy, I'm boy. This ain't breakfast, is it? <laughs> Trying to help us. Let's lift up, encourage, do what we can to work together as servants of the Lord. As servants unto the Lord. Let's point them to Jesus, guys. Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you. You know, they got to practice. He didn't say. Okay, don't know. So I don't know if practice or not. God bless you.